Welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 71, and we're discussing our winter 2022 anime first impressions. This episode will be spoiler free in case you haven't seen any of the anime on our list. But before we get into thoughts on anime in this new year, we have a very special guest joining us today to talk about the first manga cafe in the U.S., the founder of Nido Cafe, Taylor Tillman. Welcome, Taylor. Welcome. Thank you. I feel it's great to be here, and thank you for the opportunity. Um, well, yeah. my name is Taylor, and I am the founder and creator of Nito Cafe, which is basically a manga cafe, essentially, with a twist. So very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're happy to have you on here um, for uh, multiple reasons. Um, one of them being an educational uh, type of reason, because um, as you can expect from the title, we are anime only fans, um, hence strictly anime. But we do have a lot of questions about the manga cafe. But before we dive into that, we do like to ask all of our guests um, one common question, and that is, what anime are you currently watching? Um, I am currently watching, re-watching Air Gear. Air Gear. I don't know if I've heard of that one before. What's that about? Um, so basically it's like everyone rollerblades, but it's like way more <laughs> than that. It's like way more extreme than that. I know that sounds like so easy, but the concept is pretty cool. I like the music score. It's like a lot of like pop culture, hip hop um, music in there um, and it's like edgy and it's like parkour-ish I don't know it's really awesome so I recommend everyone watch it oh that sounds really cool yeah I'm gonna check that out I actually I have not dabbled in um, sports type anime really at all but I finally broke down and started watching Haikyuu and I'm surprised how a sports anime can focus so heavily on the sport and yet be so entertaining to somebody like me who doesn't know anything about volleyball. So I don't know if you're into rollerblading or if it's just the, the something about the show that drew you in. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've opened up the doors to, to sports anime. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Definitely. Like I was watching Skate, what is it? Skate Infinity as well. Oh yeah. I love skateboarding. <laughs> I was like, this is so fascinating to me. I don't know why. It's just fascinating. <laughs> That's the power of anime. <laughs> All right, so um, let's talk about Nido Cafe. As I mentioned earlier, we are anime-only fans, Carl and I. Um, not to say that we dislike manga, um, because the few manga that we have read, we've really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, but with that said, we're admittedly not too familiar with manga cafes. So right off the bat, I have to ask, what is a manga cafe and like how does it work? Absolutely. So a manga cafe is a cafe that allows you to read manga. Um, expanding on that, it's basically a manga bookstore that serves drinks and snacks, depending on which manga cafe. Um, these originated in Japan. That's where most of them are located in Japan. There are very few that have actually went international. Like there's only one in Canada. I think there's one in India. I think there's one somewhere else. Um, here in the U.S., we've had a couple start off. Most of them don't exist anymore. I think there's like a handful that still exists now, but they're on a much smaller scale. So I thought, you know, the idea of a manga cafe, how can I put a twist on this but make it so much more than a manga cafe? So essentially, Nito Cafe, it has the basic cookie cutter structure of a manga cafe, but essentially it's going to be a community center, realistically. Um, and it's going to be open for anime fans, manga fans, as well as fans of Marvel Universe, Star Wars, Star Trek. It's going to be a, essentially a nerd hub, <laughs> if you say. Um, 
So everyone's welcome from every walk of life that has a fan club pretty much and it's going to be a community center to let everyone come together, network, do some arts and crafts and just be creators. That sounds amazing. Yes. <laughs> Especially for us like that sounds absolutely amazing. And what um what inspired you personally to want to open a manga cafe and how did you come up with the name Mito Cafe? You know, so one day I had a couple people over and I love showing people Japanese culture and we came across a video of an introvert. Um, that's his that's his YouTube. It's like he's an introvert in Japan and he went to a manga cafe and that's when it kind of hit me. I was like, I've known about manga cafes my whole life, but it took to see this introvert gentleman, you know, on this video saying how love how much he loves manga cafes because they're a quiet place for him to be around people like him. I was like, we need that here. But we need more than that. Like, we need more than just a place to read manga. We need a community, like a brick and mortar community at that. And that's when I was like, I'm going to do this. The name came from Nito is the, basically a rough translation of the word introvert. So basically, it's the introvert cafe. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, you know, it's, I just wanted to build on this community. So much of this community is online, you know. And I just know that we needed a space to be and to like build on top of it more. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, Carl and I, um, being based here in Chicago, uh, we we know the the strength of the um, Chicago anime and, and manga community. Mm -hmm. We've been to all of the major um, anime conventions in this area. And hearing about something like this is really exciting because there's a certain magic that comes along with like the upcoming anime convention because you get to be with the community again. And community is one of the reasons that we are continually drawn to that scene. So to have something like this, that's brick and mortar, that's available all year round where you can host um, different things or, or just bring your friends there, that, that sounds like a dream come true. And realistically, that's what it is going to be for most of us is a dream <laughs> come true, which is why it's so exciting. But that's why it's so important that going through this process it's done right I can't make this smaller you know this is going to be a big thing and it's going to bring a lot of people to Chicago it's going to essentially be a tourist attraction it's going to be a hub it's going to be a community center it's going to be a cultural arts piece on Michigan Avenue or wherever else we decide what location we were looking at you know so it's so exciting but most of all i'm just excited i'm tired of waiting to see people at conventions because those happen every once in a blue moon yeah um, mm -hmm. the time is now and this is the best time to get it done is to just put that plan into place yeah that, that's awesome um like growing up in chicago like i know there are a handful of like smaller cafes but none that are really geared towards like the anime community or like just the pop culture fandom in general so this is just great to hear um, as Courtney mentioned, and as some of our listeners know, uh, we are a Chicago-based podcast, and Courtney and I are both Chicago natives, so we were ecstatic to hear that you plan to open the first Needle Cafe right here in the Windy City. Um, so we're curious, why did you choose Chicago for the first location, and do you have plans to expand to other cities in the future? Yeah, you know, well, I'm a Chicago native, born and raised as well, currently in the heart of the city, so, you know, just had to put it here. But also, like, demographically, Chicago is in the center, you know? It's it's so centralized. I felt like it made sense to put it in such a central area, as well as we have some of the biggest conventions, and we have a bunch of conventions that happen in Chicago alone, or the Chicagoland area. And we have so many people that come 
all the way to the Midwest or from the Midwest just to Chicago alone. You know, it's a reason why George Lucas wanted to put his Star Wars museum (laughs) here, you know, (laughs) because he knew like it makes sense. We have a large anime community. We're centralized. We have all these conventions here. It just made sense to have it here first. Um, plans to expand. Everyone's super excited to hear that, you know, (laughs) down the line. Yes. You know, once this is up and running, obviously, I don't see why down the line we wouldn't be able to expand, but also at the same time, I have big plans to start my own convention after this cafe. So there's just so many missing, like moving pieces in all of this that I'm excited to see the future. That's great. Yeah. And I know a lot of people in the Chicagoland area are familiar with um, Mitsua Marketplace. I feel like that's one of the major like anime community, like one of their gathering places. But it's it would be great to have a space like Nido Cafe directly in the city so you don't have to travel as far out to those those other places. So Yeah, and, and I think just California, like in LA, they have Little Tokyo, which um, is essentially like a um, a neighborhood dedicated to uh, Japanese residents and Japanese culture. I, we don't really have anything like that in Chicago. We've got Koreatown. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Chinatown. We've got Little Italy. But we don't have a, a centralized location for, um, again, like those Japanese residents or Japanese culture other than Mitsuo Marketplace, which is literally a grocery store. <laughs> so, yeah, so, something like this is just going to be – a major game changer um, and I think is going to bring together the community in, in ways that in ways that conventions I think are unable to do because mm-hmm. you're so limited to the three sometimes four days that you have at that convention um, and I have to to ask because uh, I'm cu- curious for a little more detail so as anime only fans who don't read manga you mentioned multiple activities and events um, that would be available at Nito Cafe can you expand on that a little bit more like as an anime only fan what could I look forward to or on the flip side how could I get to know um, you know or expand my my interest on manga a little bit more No, absolutely. And I can give a rundown of like the cool things we're going to have at the cafe. So we're going to be having language classes, uh, Japanese, Korean, and Mandarin. We're going to be having drawing classes, which would range from various comic book, manga styles, or anime styles. And we will be doing cosplay classes. So that'd be basic makeup one-on-one wig styling. And depending on the space we get, we'll be able to do basic costume construction planning. So those are classes. We plan on doing parties or birthday parties, meaning that if you have a little brother or sister, (laughs) um, they love Demon Slayer, I will be reaching out to so many cosplayers in the area that are capable of doing various characters. That way they can profit off of their art form and also give a child that's into anime, you know, the best birthday ever. Because right now there aren't many entertainers for birthday parties that do anime characters it's all disney and nickelodeon um and then we're going to be doing a lot of events so i plan on doing video game tournaments i plan on doing anime balls cosplay balls and streaming events so when i say community center i mean there's going to be something for everyone and if you don't know about it i'm pretty sure we're going to have an event that will allow you to learn more about it I just wanted to create something for every art form, whether you're a cosplayer, uh, you're a drawer, you just like manga or anime. I'm trying to create something here where everyone has a place. 
That's amazing. Like, I'm, I'm getting so hyped just hearing about this yeah. and, and all of the plans that you guys have, um, especially the the cosplay piece. I'm, I'm like pleasantly surprised around that because I never thought about cosplay classes or bringing cosplayers together in that way. Like, I've dabbled in cosplay. Um, I've been going to conventions for actually this will be this year will be my 20th year. I feel I feel old saying <laughs> that, but uh, <laughs> but I've. The what I've done um, with my limited skills in cosplay is just from watching YouTube videos and just figuring it out on my own. Having something like a cosplay class or a place for cosplayers to gather and teach each other the craft that goes behind that, that's going to be amazing. And I think that's going to um, inspire a lot of people who may be too afraid or find cosplaying too daunting to, to take on by themselves to finally be able to, to achieve that. No, absolutely. And another piece to that is I've met so many wonderful uh, photographers, especially in the Chicago area that are into anime that are looking to like get their own business started. I would be opening up and again, this is pending all about space at this point. Um, I would like to do like a mini studio, like on top of those cosplay classes, let's do pictures for all the people that do cosplay. And they don't really know how to take pictures or how to share their art form on their social media. I want to be able to give like the photographers and the artists I've met the space to basically practice their skill set and also give the cosplayers that other side of it. They need someone to take their picture so they could post their social media and everything. So I'm really trying to find something. And I have found a lot of things for everyone, no matter what you're into, to basically either profit or benefit off of it somehow. Yeah. No, that's great. And I, one of the things that I really enjoy as an anime only fan at anime conventions is viewing rooms where you just, you know, they're, they're playing whatever anime um, and you go in there and, and you watch it with, you know, other fans. It would be so cool to have Nido Cafe um, and, and be able to, I don't know, say like the premiere of Attack on Titan, like get the community together. Everyone who mm -hmm. wants to watch that together and have that, that hype throughout the room as you're watching the events unfold. Like that'd be so cool. Kind of like, you know, when you go to a movie theater and you watch Avengers Endgame with everyone else in the theater and everyone's cheering and clapping at the same time you are because that energy, that, that community is all together, that, that would just be so amazing to have year round. No, I'm mostly excited for like the streaming events of whether that be a movie or a new anime or like the season premiere of an anime. That's the most what I'm excited for because I can just see and like obviously this depends on how big the space is. I found a pretty large space that's immaculate, might I say, um, which we'd be able to safely with COVID uh, precautions have many people still in place with social distancing and everything. So we could possibly have up an event to like maybe 150 people. Oh, wow. That'd be awesome. That's crazy, yeah. With the space that we found, you know. Uh, so that's pretty incredible. <laughs> so yeah. that's why I'm super excited for this to happen. And that's why I'm grateful for people such as yourselves, because this is needed to like get the word out about this and get the community excited because I want this to happen. I'm sure everyone else wants this to happen as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this, all of this is just sounding like an amazing fever dream for like anime and manga lovers. <laughs> and so it's great that you are gonna incorporate this all in one space for the community. And I've actually I've watched a couple YouTube videos about manga cafes before, and so I'm just curious more about the utilization of space. Like, how do you plan to, especially with like the private rooms? What is that going to look like? Like, how many are you going to have, and what sort of features and amenities would those rooms provide? Yeah, so 
and obviously unfortunately this depends on the space we can acquire but we know we need at least 20 private rooms and these rooms would vary in size from like five by five to maybe like five by seven depending on what we would like to add to them so some rooms would be um would have like computers some rooms would not have computers for those that want to bring in their own systems and we're thinking about for maybe a little bit making bigger rooms to possibly have tvs in them so that if you wanted to bring your game console you could have a private room and just game all day as well but they're going to be decorated with various mats we're going to have the option to rent like pillows and these would be like disposable pillows that you could put like coverings over and blankets um, lots of cushions so that you basically be sitting on the floor. So there will be no chairs in these rooms. We want to stick with the traditional Japanese as feel of the manga cafe private rooms. We were sitting on the mats with all the cushions. And basically it comes this really cozy little room that you can have to do whatever you want in. That sounds so cool. That sounds so just inviting and, and welcoming. I feel like I would just be there all day. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Um, and you talked a bit about food and beverage, the, the cafe portion of Nido Cafe. Um, any initial thoughts on like the types of food items? Would it be mostly like snacks? Or would it be a lot of desserts? What kind of beverages would be available? Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually going to have a full functioning cafe on the inside which is super exciting because no manga cafe has ever actually put like a full functioning cafe where it's essentially like a bar inside, which is what there's something we want to do because we want to be able to also be open to people that may not be fans of anime or manga or anything else, but they enjoy cafe beverages and snacks. So I'm actually leaving it up to the community and I'm very excited because I plan on reaching out to the community and like them telling me like, what's your favorite drink combo and kind of create a menu based off of that, as well as consulting with some other experts that I know and have met in the coffee industry and in the drink industry, um, just to come up with some pretty cool anime themed beverages. When it comes to snacks, we plan on having things like Obviously, instant ramen, there'll be a water dispenser. We plan on having Japanese and Korean and Chinese um, snacks as well. But we also want to do more like uh, cafe-esque things like parfaits, have desserts, finger sandwiches, like little basic things that you can actually eat for lunch or a snack. That sounds really good, especially when you watch a lot of anime and you see all the amazing food that they have at J uh, Japanese cafes, and you're like, I wish we had that here. <laughs> that anime food looks so good. <laughs> Actually, if if you have plans to include onigiri on your menu, that would just send me over the moon. Yeah, Carl, <laughs> Carl's obsessed with onigiri. <laughs> really? That is so funny. So is my boyfriend, too. I was like, when did this, when did this happen that you just got into this? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you were influenced by the uh, quote-unquote jelly donuts of the Pokemon Probably. days when we were growing up. <laughs> no, and I really, I plan on all of that, you know, utilizing a lot of things that we've seen from even the anime that we have watched into the menu, but I want to make sure there's something there for everyone. So super Yeah, excited. and I love that... I love that you um, are taking community feedback as well. I think that's super important because you often find um, businesses or I don't know YouTube channels or whatnot where they kind of operate in like a in like a, a hole almost where they there's not enough community um, opinion or um, an opportunity for the community to share what what they'd like to see. Um, so knowing that this is a a a place for the anime community where the anime community actually has a say or um, can share their opinion on, on what they'd like to see at Nito Cafe. I think that that's super, super important. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think an even bigger piece to add to that is that I plan on actually creating a development committee for the cafe. So these are going to be people predominantly from the Chicago area, but I will leave it up to others out of state. Um, I want a full commute committee of basically people that are experienced in anime, manga, everything else you can think of to help me develop the idea and really push this in place. Because I could say I could do all I want by myself, but realistically, you need the support of others and their feedback to go through of something of this magnitude because there's so many missing like different moving pieces on it so i would be opening up that committee in the next several weeks to invite others to be a part of it and help me go through the development of this cafe that sounds great and again like that is such a a, a breath of fresh air um knowing that there's going to be that type of team um as well as yourself behind Nito cafe making this making this dream come true <laughs> You know, it's needed. I've seen too many places go corporate, you know, and just like the yeah. passion and the love and the art isn't there anymore. It's just a money scheme. Like, I, yeah, sense, I really want this to be a part of Chicago. Yeah. And again, we are we are definitely excited to, to see this come to fruition because I think this is the kind of space that Chicago has long needed for <laughs> its anime and manga community. Um, and again, like here at Strictly Anime, obviously we discuss anime a lot, but I think Courtney and I are starting to open our horizons to manga and have read a selection of manga the past year or so. And so I'm. this is just a question for you is, uh, what is a great manga that you would recommend for us? Ooh, that's... Ooh. <laughs> we asked the tough questions yeah. here. <laughs> you know, because my favorite manga to read is a, a series called The Gentleman's Alliance. Ooh. It's not for okay. everyone, and it's a little more like, uh, <laughs> kind of like, uh, you ever seen Oran host, uh, High School Host Club? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but a little bit darker, a little more serious, a little more dramatic, but it's one of my favorites to read. I could pick it up any day, and I'd just read through it all over again. Ooh, I'm going to put that down on my list. I, again, I, I don't often read manga, but something like that sounds like it would be right up my alley because I really enjoyed um, Oran High School Host Club. And I've got Black Butler on my list um, Ooh, for, on the anime side of things, which I think is kind of in that same vein, right? <laughs> no, it's funny because um, like, me and my boyfriend talked about if we were to ever have children, what would we name our son? And um, we said CL. Well, I said so. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he didn't know it was from an anime, though, because he doesn't really watch anime. So he was like, that's a cool name. And I was like, yeah. He's like, where'd you get it from? Um, We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, yeah, thank you for that that manga recommendation. And um, overall, I think with the the increase of interest here in the U.S. and honestly overseas in general with with anime and manga and it becoming more mainstream here this is the right time to to really launch this mm -hmm. um, this initiative so we fully support you we're super super excited about this um, and thank you again for for joining us we we can't wait for Nito Cafe to to arrive to Chicago um, but before we kind of wrap things up we do want to share more info with our listeners tell them where they can learn about Nito Cafe um, where they can find you on social media and then how they can support. Yeah, my number one social media platform that I am on religiously is Instagram. You can find me there at nito.cafe. I do have my other social platforms um, plugged into there. So if you're looking for me on Facebook, Twitter, I'm also on Meetup because I have my own community group. Um, you can find all my details on my Instagram at nito.cafe. 
Awesome. Thank you. And then we do have um, the GoFundMe as well. Um, we're going to have all of the links in the show notes. So, uh, f- so for everyone listening, make sure you check those out and help support Nito Cafe. But thank you again, Taylor. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity just to share this with everyone. I'm going to be knocking at Mayor Lightfoot's door pretty soon to tell her to <laughs> nice. push this through. Be like, you told me you want to build a community, Mayor Lightfoot. Here you are. <laughs> let's do it (laughs) but thank you both for this it's been great and i look forward to the future for this yeah absolutely thank you taylor thank you now before we get into the main event our winter 2022 anime first impressions we do have um one more quick thing uh, a quick announcement We were recently guests on Anime Brothers podcast along with Otaku Host Club to talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure yeah, because the only other thing that we love to talk about besides anime is JoJo. Which falls into the category of anime, but it's kind of like its own beast in a way. I'm sure people know what we mean by that because it's JoJo and it's the JoJo fan community. Yeah, it's sickening for some, <laughs> but glorious for others. We swear we're not that bad, guys. Okay, we just have a lot of memes that that we create. Um, but the, the episode was an Anime Brothers Extra episode. I believe by the time this podcast episode for strictly anime is out it should be out on anime brothers podcast um i know it's out currently on their their patreon it's titled a love letter to jojo's bizarre adventure um it was us again uh representing the strictly series slash our other podcast strictly jojo and then dan and jeff from otaku host club along with earthworm from anime brothers and it was a lot of fun just just talking about jojo and we welcome any opportunity we have to talk about jojo yeah, I mean, we briefly touched upon the recent uh, recent season with part six, um, but it was just fun just professing our love for the series, talking about our favorite JoJo's, our favorite stands, our favorite moments. And yeah, it was just a very nice casual conversation for some not-so-casual JoJo fans. <laughs> it really was. So be sure to check out, again, that Anime Brothers Extra episode dedicated to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure when it releases on their podcast. So now let's talk about winter 2022. Um, before we get into the actual shows that we're watching, what are your your thoughts in general about this season so far? Because we are, let's see, three to four weeks in. I'll be honest, this season doesn't matter because we have Attack on Titan and it's just <laughs> going to destroy everything that stands in its way. <laughs> but I think other than the, that elephant, or I guess that, that Titan in the room, it is, it's been a pretty moderate season, I would say. Um, besides Attack on Titan, we are in the throes of Demon Slayer and you have a slew of other anime that, like they're... They're not as, I guess, hype as those two, but th- they they still hold their own, I'll say. Yeah, I, I think this season is going to be known for um, Attack on Titan Part 2, Final Season Part 2, Demon Slayer Season 2, and to a certain degree, Stone Ocean, um, which mm-hmm. technically, I think, falls under Fall 2021, but the majority of it is going to air throughout Winter 2022. At least in Japan. Or even for Netflix, because the next yeah. several weeks, whenever they finally air the rest of it, the next several weeks um, or even months will be uh, dedicated to to JoJo in part six. But um, there are some really strong ones that are that are popping up. Um, but I feel like 
besides the heavy hitters plus a couple of strong anime, um, the rest of them are like pretty good. They're not they're not mid. They're not bad by any means. They're I would just, say there's one mid. Yeah, but the, the rest <laughs> of them are like they're they're not bad by any means. They are just not as big or as hype or as splashy um as again the the big heavy hitters and, and some of these other titles so it's kind of a split i almost feel like like half of what we're watching are major titles major major anime and then the other half are like pretty good um but maybe have smaller followings i wonder if it's sort of like how blockbuster movies kind of time their releases if it's the same for anime because we've we've already we've mentioned this so much already um with attack on titan kind of dominating this season i doubt that a lot of other big hit anime would want to release at the same time and so they kind of just stagger their releases to a different time during the year where they don't have to compete with something as big it's kind of like when back in the day when star wars was kind of competing with marvel for for like um box office views star wars would release in december while marvel would take up a majority of the summertime um uh, that's w- what I think kind of contributes to why you only have Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer being the heavy hitters, and you just have these other shows that again, they're they're great, but they're not as as much of a heavy hitter. Yeah, I can see that. I think they do that in the music industry too, don't they? Like they try not to drop albums around the same time as other artists because mm-hmm. there's a potential that your your fan base um, or your voice when you're promoting that that material is going to get lost in the void because there's another bigger thing out there that everyone else is talking about. Although I think what kind of tr- uh, like breaks that that theory is the fact that again we have attack on titan demon slayer and jojo all premiering at the same time that's kind of crazy so i almost wonder if it's the opposite where like winter like fall slash winter is the best time of year to premiere anime because who knows like maybe people after the holidays are at home a lot and they're looking for something to watch um so then companies gravitate towards that like maybe that that season brings in the most amount of viewers Mm -hmm. versus like summer where maybe the viewership is less because summer 2021 was a pretty weak season compared to the rest of the year yeah so i wonder if they're just all trying to slot their shows in for when the viewers will actually be watching but either way it's kind of a crazy start to the year um and we'll talk all about attack on titan we are talking all about attack on titan um when we get to our, our currently watching list. Um, but as always, um, if you enjoy hearing our first impressions each anime season, but you're also curious to hear our final thoughts at the end of each season, we do post exclusive uh, Patreon episodes, bonus episodes, um, at the end of each season, recapping what we watched, anything we added to our list, anything that we dropped, and giving our final thoughts on each show. So check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash series. So let's start off with continuing anime. Um, continuing meaning these are ongoing from previous seasons. I'll start off with Yashahime season two. This has been going on for a bit because I think it's probably going to fall around like 24, 25 episodes. It's um, like the second half of the overall Yashahime story. Um, I would say it's better than season one, but it's still falling uh, victim to some of the same issues from season one. Like bad animation at certain parts um kind of mid animation really throughout the whole thing um boring fight scenes that don't really mean anything and and end very quickly 
Um, I, I think we're getting more of the Inuyasha, like the original Inuyasha lore showing up in the second season, which is, I mean, to be honest, for a lot of us like oldies who love Inuyasha, that's the real re reason we're watching Yashahime. So they're finally giving us more of that stuff. But um, overall, I'm still enjoying it. I just, I love being able to watch more Sashomaru and Inuyasha and Kagome and Sango and Moroku and the whole troupe. Um, and then also get a little bit about their, their children as well. Were they featured in the first season, or do you feel like they'll, they're more involved this season? It was definitely Sashomaru heavy in the first season, because technically the main, it's technically, technically more of his lineage story, because the main characters are his daughters. Um, Inuyasha's daughter is in there as well, but uh, yeah, like it's, the focus is Sashomaru's story, or continuating, continuating? <laughs> continuing story. Um, I'm trying not to like spoil anything, but I would say this season has more of a focus on like bringing those characters back into the fold. And remind me, is this based on a manga or is it an entirely original anime? It's an anime original, but they have started serializing the Yashahime manga. Sometimes okay. they do that. Um, I think with like Toradora, it started off as a light novel that got adapted into a an anime and then they created a manga after the fact. Kind of like Code Geass. I think they did the same thing there. Mm, okay. So I'm just wondering if now they're relying on the nostalgia factor to propel the show into something that's more interesting probably and in this case i wouldn't blame them i think that is the right way to go because again like i think a significant amount of their fans are going to be previous inuyasha fans who are just looking to get more of that inuyasha content versus like the yashahime content makes sense we also have um, Ranking of Kings is a continuing anime from the previous season, fall 2021. Yeah, best Boji. Best boy Boji. This story continues to impress. I, I still love it to death. Boji is absolutely adorable, both just in his character design and his personality. Um, again, try not to spoil anything. We're at a point in the story where I feel like Boji is going to be kind of pushed and, and, and tested. Um, so I'm interested to see how the story shifts from there. I will say the last two maybe three episodes had some kind of weird pacing um and it feels like this arc that we're in is dragging on a little bit but i think we just kind of wrapped it up and hopefully we'll be moving forward with boji's story in the next few episodes yeah i think the start of the first or not the first the start of the second core was a bit slow um kind of transitioning into this sort of inner kingdom conflict i think is going to be the focus of this this core um and I want to say, like, there were very few instances where we did see Boji. But the most recent episode that we watched, um, our boy is, like, he's definitely back. And it was nice to see him in action. And as Courtney mentioned, like, a lot of the first half of the season is just him focusing on what his potential is and developing it. Here we kind of see him fully developed, although I'm sure he has a lot to learn along the way. And so he is faced with his first sort of challenge um, in utilizing his potential. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the um, the second core takes off from this point on to, to live up to the hype level that the first core had. Um, and this show is not like crazy hype or anything like that. It's not, it's not like a Jujutsu Kaisen or something like that, but it has this this grand feel to it. Um, it's, it's an adventure anime. Um, it's like set in medieval times i don't know yeah. <laughs> i don't know how you describe <laughs> it um it has very much like a disney feel um at certain moments but the story is very intriguing and there's a good air of mystery because the way they 
portray characters and situations, you never know what to expect or what the, the true meaning behind something is or what a person's true intentions are. Um, so it always kind of keeps you at the edge of your seat. I will say that the show just needs to kind of clear up the characters that have villainous intent, what their intentions really are. I think that right now that's a little bit muddled, um, but it seems like the pieces are falling together to escalate this conflict and see what Boji really has to face up against. Yeah, and um, I'm so sorry. I forgot that we normally share um, the total amount of episodes as well as how many episodes we've seen. That way you kind of get some context for how far we are into the show. So for Ranking of Kings, um, there are 23 episodes. We are current with episode 14. Um, and yeah, we'll just make sure to, to be better about that part. So then moving on to another continuing anime, we have Platinum End, which also aired previous season, fall 2021. Um, admittedly, we are behind on Platinum End, mostly because with all of our fall anime, um, we, we kind of had a difficult time staying on top of it because it was the middle of the holiday season. I feel like that's probably the same for a lot of people. So we're playing catch up on some anime and Platinum End is one of them. There's 24 episodes total. We're still on episode five, but I'm kind of curious as to what the hell's happening because that shit went from like the mid sevens on Mal to a 6.45 as of today. <laughs> yeah. And of course we had to prioritize the stories that, um, mattered a little bit more to us and Platinum Man was it just didn't it didn't vibe with us and it's a shame because we talked about this in the fall impressions that we knew it was helmed by the writer of Death Note but I don't want to get influenced by like mal scores but just hearing some of the community feedback um, it doesn't sound too promising but who knows if this second core will kind of right the ship because I think the second core just recently started i think so yeah honestly i i was pretty into platinum end um although it started to go into like this tournament arc feel and i was like i don't really want to see that but um who knows with this writer it could be really good i'm just i i do want to want to get current with it i, I want to catch up because i want to know what the fuck happened why did this score suddenly drop like basically a full point um what the hell's going on in this story to, to make it as bad as, as it is. And who knows, it could be a production issue where maybe like the animation is tanking. Um, it, it could be anything. So it's it's got my curiosity for the wrong reasons. <laughs> I'm curious to, to catch up to it, uh, catch up with it because I want to know why it's going so wrong. I think it was just because the story, at least for me, I didn't expect it to pan out the way it did where it, it essentially turned into a tournament arc. Um, and not to spoil anything, it kind of, delve into like tokusatsu territory with like certain characters oh yeah i can see that i was expecting it more to be kind of like a, a religious journey i don't know why maybe because of the the initial premise of the first episode um, and again relating it to the themes of death note but maybe my expectations shouldn't have been so high but again like it i'll still give this one a watch i just don't know if it will be like the, the godsend that I thought it was going to be. Well, moving on to 86 part two, which is the last of our continuing anime. We actually don't have anything to say about this because we are intentionally putting this one on hold. Um, we are planning to do a review episode because we did review part one. 
However, in case you're not aware, there were some production issues. There were multiple recap episodes kind of planted throughout the second half um, to buy the production team a little bit more time. And the most recent announcement is that uh, the last one or two episodes won't air until March. So we're just because we want to have this kind of fresh in our heads as we go into our review episode, we're actually not going to start it until closer to March. That way we've seen it right before we record and, and share our review. Yeah, I'm looking here. The release date for the most recent episode was December 26. Ooh, man, that's a like, big break. Yeah. I can't imagine for like the people who were kind of watching that week by week, having to wait those three months to find out like what happens next. That's literally what happened to those of us that watched Wonder Egg Priority. And that's All why I'm right. like nervous about this. I mean, I'm, I'm, not all for production delays if they're needed to like okay so i understand them and i can accept them like production delays that are needed to give the animators and the team more time to put out a good product i i don't i don't think that's the right thing ultimately because there shouldn't even be production issues right like you should have plenty of time for the the team to do their best work possible um in a reasonable amount of time but regardless you know with with Wonder Egg Priority, they gave them a full three months, I think, three to four months to put out the final episode, and it was an absolute train wreck. It was so incredibly disappointing, as I'm sure a lot of people know. Um, I don't think that'll be the issue with 86, because the, the score is pretty high. I'm purposely not looking at it on mail. I don't want to be too influenced going into it, but I know it's in the eights. Um, so I think in this case, they're they're playing it safe to ensure that they finish the story right um, so I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'll, I'll wait cause we haven't even started part two anyway. So we'll, we'll get to that probably like, um, in the next like several weeks or so. I'm looking up who's working on 86 a one pictures, uh, kind of looking at their schedule. looks like they are also working on Kaguya Sama the next season. Ooh, what is that okay. like season two, three? Is it? Yeah. And that's a pretty major anime. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're just trying to balance their time between both. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully 86 doesn't get the short end of the stick in that deal. Now on to currently watching. Let's just start off right away with Attack on Titan final season part two. Um, I don't think we need to dive into too much detail because I'm sure everyone fucking knows what's going on with Attack on Titan. Plus we have our Attack on Titan special event, which is our review series here on Strictly Anime. In addition to our regular Monday episodes, those premiere every Wednesday following the newest episode of Attack on Titan. Um, a little plug there. But in just a few sentences, what are your thoughts on part two so far? I won't even say a few sentences. I'll just say two words fucking crazy. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> and I don't want to really spoil it. I'm sure like the entire anime community is probably watching this anime, but I don't want to spoil it for those who aren't caught up yet or just are putting it off until the all the episodes are released. But man, this is going to be a wild ending to this series. Yeah, um, I'll be brief as well. We are witnessing anime history in the making, as a lot of people have shared. Um, it's really, really good. It's uh, it's keeping the the intensity um, from the first part of the season and it's not disappointing in the slightest bit so yeah it's great and i'm excited for this sunday's episode do you think you'll be emotional once it's all over there's going to be a <laughs> probably the biggest hole in my heart because you know that that empty feeling you get 
Um, it's kind of like that mix of, you know, when you finish an anime that was really good or really resonated with you, you get that high afterwards yeah. where you're like, I got to talk about it. I want to see fan art. I want to see some like, you know, uh, not fanfics, but like headcanon or like theories about, you know, what could happen after the show ends and, you know, if they were to continue the story. Um, but then you also get that empty feeling. You're like, what now? Like there's this, this hole in my heart where I want more of this and I can't have more of this because there is no more of this. It is officially done. It's not like when a season ends, but you know that you'll get more, you know, down the road or you could dive into the manga if you want more. This is it. This is it. That's it. Yeah. That's all you're getting. (laughs) (laughs) And for me, like there have been very few things in my life, like, media franchises or stories that I followed as closely as with Attack on Titan. Um, It's been almost 10 years in the making. And so this will definitely be a significant conclusion to a chapter of not just my life, but a lot of lives of those who have followed this anime so religiously. And I I feel like it's, I might have the same feelings that I got when, (laughs) this is kind of stupid, but Watching Toy Story 3, which is, I call it the true conclusion to the Toy Story story. Yeah, screw (laughs) Toy Story 4, man. That was bad. Or even watching Avengers Endgame or the conclusion of the Harry Potter film series. Like, I was pretty much an emotional wreck after watching the conclusion of each of those sagas. And so I'm, I'm definitely certain that once we reach the end of Aaron Yeager's journey, here in Attack on Titan, the final season, I am just going to be as emotionally wrecked. Yeah. And sorry, I, I keep forgetting to do this. Um, there are, I believe, 12 episodes confirmed in total for part two, and we are two episodes in. So we're just scratching the surface. Well, okay, we're like just scratching the surface of part two, but really that leaves us with 10 episodes left. So like it is technically like a significant part of the way through when you have so little, there's so few episodes. But the show is not wasting any time and packing as much as they can into each episode. And I've made this kind of analogy a lot. Um, Whereas it feels like it's a 22 minute episode, but it feels like it's five minutes um, with how fast it is. But again, there's so much content in each that I just hope they continue to utilize that time for these final 10 episodes to really flesh out the story. Yeah, absolutely. And we could go on and on about Attack on Titan. And we do go on and on about Attack on Titan on our uh, special episodes for Attack on Titan. So if you want to hear more about our thoughts, um, even to like the most granular detail, feel free to hop over to our Attack on Titan special episodes every Wednesday. Next up is Akebi's Sailor Uniform, which we actually picked up just recently, like a few days ago, because we saw some of the animation floating around on social media, and I was like, this the animation. looks... The animation? Spa- okay, the spanking about- scene. Yeah, I don't want to spoil <laughs> spa- it too much. But <laughs> there's, there's one other scene, too. There's but a yeah. spanking scene and a toenail clipping scene where like a girl sniffs her toenail clippers, mm-hmm. and that was enough to, <laughs> to suck us into a Kebby's Sailor uniform. So uh, if that tells you anything about us, uh, there you go. <laughs> but there are 12, uh, 12 episodes in total. Um, we are not current. We're one episode in. I think there's two episodes that have been released, um, but I will say this is a Cloverworks anime, and they're doing, I think, three major anime. Uh, this, My Dress Up Darling, and Tokyo 24th Ward. They are killing it with the animation in Akebi. It's it's very nice. Like, I didn't think, seeing what I saw from My Dress Up Darling, that they would put this much effort into a second anime among their roster for the season. But, 
yeah, you can tell they're dumping a lot of uh, a lot of uh, funds and um, time commitment into this and my dress up darling because of the feet. I'm going to say it because of the feet. The feet animation for some reason is like out of this world and I don't like feet. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're treading into dangerous territory. <laughs> Are <state>. we? <laughs> I mean, there, there's some like intense foot animation in both of those anime from Cloverworks and I'm like, this is more detailed and fluid foot animation than I would ever need in my life. Because again, like, I don't like feet. They, like, are weird to me. Um, but I am impressed at the scale and the, the, the level of detail here when they're animating some toes wiggling around. I kind of partially agree with the animation, at least for a cabbie. Um, because it is it is gorgeous. And looking at some of the backgrounds, like, I can tell Cloverworks puts a lot of effort into their products. But part of this first episode, and I told you this, the characters looked like they were computer flash animations because of just how jagged some of their outlines were. And the, even the way that they moved, it looked like I was playing a, a PC game from the 90s. See, I didn't get them that from the movement per se, but I could see what you mean about the lines not being smooth or clean. Like they definitely have a rough look to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a thing. It's like a stylistic choice um, by the the animation studios. Um, you see that a little bit more nowadays. Like Ranking of Kings doesn't always have like the cleanest lines in- intentionally. Um, there were some shots where it was a bit distracting. Um, I agree, but I think for the most part, I, I thought it was okay. No, yeah, like it, it's it's still a very beautiful anime to watch um i think i kind of find it fascinating because in my head as i was watching i was like this is atarashi gako the anime <laughs> because of the, the whole sailor uniform thing it reminds me of the sailor uniforms that that um japanese pop group wears uh but yeah the the premise is interesting and i'm, I'm curious to see where it's going to go if it's going to be kind of like komi-san and we talked about this before if it's with this main character, Akebi, right? That's her name. Yeah, Komi- Komichi. Um, if if she's like, it's just a story about an adolescent who's growing up and wants to make friends, and somehow is tied in with this whole sailor uniform thing. Yeah, um, I'm like. I'm intrigued. I plan to watch this anime through unless something like goes horribly wrong. But I'm confused as to what the goal is because the mouse synopsis is like two sentences long. Um, and I like won't outright read it because I guess maybe it could be considered spoilers. But if you've read the synopsis and you watched the first episode, she kind of completes both of those things in the synopsis in the first episode. I don't think it's really spoilers. It's like literally the first episode. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's just kind of it, it made me scratch my head a bit and think, OK, so what now? Like, where is the story going? What is the, the overall goal that we're working towards? Because this, this does not feel like a an adventure of the week type anime it feels like there's going to be some overarching story i just have no fucking clue what that is so i hope they they explain that in the next episode or two or i'm going to start to lose my my attention i don't know why i have this biting feeling that we're gonna be hit with something dramatic with this anime like some major feels or something yeah i could be completely wrong and i hope i'm completely wrong because it just seems like this is some happy-go-lucky slice of life kind of deal but i don't know <laughs> what does mal have it listed as they have it listed as literally just slice of life and the genre is school 
Um, so that tells you nothing about how the story will play out. I, I feel, I, I, I see what you mean. I could see this suddenly hitting us with some like dramatic plot point um, where we get mad feels or like, I don't know, someone dies <laughs> you know or something. What? Like, you know how they always do those things in slice of life anime. You know what I'm thinking of now is kind of like a Cinderella situation where someone takes her sailor uniform and just rips it to shreds. Oh my God. Yeah, honestly, that's probably what it's going to be. That, I, that'll be the bet. most dramatic moment. Yeah, but they'll, they'll make it series. super over the top where you feel like you're going to cry because her sailor uniform got, that got ripped or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you look back on that after you watch the show like, that wasn't an important thing, but it got me right in the feels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, again, only one episode in. Um, I think there's two episodes total out right now, um, and the animation looks gorgeous. Next up, we have Teasing Master Takagi-san, season three. Um, I love Takagi-san. I, I love Nagatoro, um, and I think that I call it my guilty pleasure anime, and I think the realm of like teasing anime is probably my guilty pleasure like anime category and this falls in that but it's super wholesome at the same time i just really enjoy it it's a simple story of like a boy and a girl who like the girl teases the boy and he gets easily flustered but you know that they make a really good couple um and they're in they're in junior high and it's it's decently wholesome where like you don't feel uncomfortable watching these two junior high students or middle school students um i think it's just really well done and it's kind of my my comfort food every week in terms of the anime we're watching. It's just nice and fluffy and warm um, and funny. It's really funny. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's 12 episodes total. Uh, I'm current at two episodes in. Um, it's it's the same Takagi-san um, that we've gotten in the last two seasons where it's just, like, vignettes of them interacting and you know, her teasing him and him getting flustered and all that fun stuff. I I don't know if this is the final season. I think there's a movie coming out afterward. So I don't know if we're going to get a resolution to the story here or if there's going to be a resolution in that movie. Um, but I think this will be the final anime season that they're going to produce for this. But the manga looks like it's still ongoing. Is it? the the Wait, that manga or the spinoff? Uh, I'm looking at Wikipedia because Wikipedia usually in the column lists the several types of media um so there's the first one that says manga the original run june 12 2013 to present and there's another or like three other manga that have either ended or one that's also present um and then it delves into the anime which of course is present um yeah i'm looking here on mal and it says the manga is publishing so yes it is still ongoing and i didn't know that because i don't read manga but that's interesting. I mean, the way it's done is like vignette or like short story type. What do you call it? Um, what's the term I'm looking for? Isn't it vignette? Yeah, I'll just go with vignette. Um, <laughs> it, it, the manga is set up like that. The anime is set up like that. Um, so I guess I could see why they can possibly wrap up the anime before they wrap up the manga. I don't know. We'll see. But either way, I'm enjoying it very, very much. It's um, just as good as the previous seasons. And this is basically pg version of nagatoro right yes yeah nagatoro <laughs> is like lewd as fuck at certain times um takagi takagi-san is not i mean there's some like somewhat suggestive moments but again it's nothing that makes me feel uncomfortable with the fact that i'm watching middle schoolers um i at the end of each episode i feel like this was like a wholesome episode oh and yuki kaji voices 
the the male character. He does Nishikata. Wow. He, he does a very good job too, um, especially when that character gets frustrated. So I I enjoy both of those main voice actors. Next up, we have Demon Slayer season two. Um, oh God, there's no episode here or episode total here on Mal. I think it's like eleven or twelve episodes total. Um, we are current at seven episodes in, and it's great. It's good. I I would say. The first part of this entertainment district arc was funny, but it didn't have the same um, like impact that the fir- the all the entirety of the first season had when I watched that. But where we're at in the season, I don't want to like spoil anything. Where we're at in the season is now feeling like the same energy we got from the first season. Because we in the red light district. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, yeah, I enjoyed the first half of, or first part of this second season um, where it kind of weaned us back into the story with the Demon Slayer humor uh, kind of coming off of the high of the, what was it, the Mugen Train arc. Um, and yeah, it seems like it, it had its comedy bits and now it's going into the the meat of the story, um, like the, the darker aspect of what this arc is going to be. And yeah, I would say it, it was just nice to get back that Demon Slayer feeling again. Because um, yeah. I feel like as as good as the Mugen Train arc was, um, the way that it ended, it didn't feel like Demon Slayer to me. I don't know if the, I'm explaining this the right way, but I guess more so with Tanjiro's character development, it kind of took a... I would say a sideways turn at the end of the Mugen Train arc. Although I feel like where we are currently, he's doing some interesting things where he's falling out of those shonen protagonist types that, or shonen protagonist tropes that I don't really like and really becoming his own again. Yeah, I think we're getting some some really good character development, not only with Tanjiro, but also with Nezuko. Yeah, the Inosuke, plot with Nezuko. And, <laughs> yeah, the, the plot and the plot with Nezuko. But yeah, a lot of good character development for Nezuko, uh, Inosuke, and Zenitsu as well. Um, again, can't really go into detail because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's not caught up. Um, but it is nice to finally have that progression because I was hoping for some of that in the Mugen Train arc. And I felt like those main characters were pretty stagnant by the end of it, um, just more emotionally traumatized. Yeah. Uh, So here we're getting kind of more of that development. Because I was very impressed at Tanjiro's development at the beginning of season one. I mean, we see him literally train for years and go from knowing nothing to being good enough to join um, the Demon Slayer core. But then... Know, things kind of got stifled during Mugen Train, so now we're getting that again here with the Entertainment District, a little more progression. So I'm very much enjoying it. Um, it is hitting hard, hard, hard with these last several episodes. And what's interesting is that Demon Slayer premieres the same day as Attack on Titan, um, it, at least here in the States, kind of because we're it, it's Sundays for us here. Um, and I feel like Demon Slayer somehow purposely aligned their release schedule with the premiere of Attack on Titan. Because the heaviest hitting episode we have gotten so far, the most intense and hype episode of Demon Slayer Season 2 so far, happened to be the same day as Attack on Titan's premiere. So I feel like that was their way of saying, hey, don't forget, we're still here too. And we have good, good content. Which is funny looking at um, competition-wise between the two anime, but I think this is just great for anime fans in general that we're getting these 
two very epic, very hype shows at the same time. Yeah, Kamisama is blessing us with great, great anime right now. Next up, we have Love of Kill, which is just, I, I always get flustered, not flustered, but confused when I say that, because I want to say like Love to Kill or Love of Killing, but it's Love of Kill. Um, it is, I don't know how many episodes, because Mal doesn't list the number of total episodes. I'm going to guess like maybe the realm of like a 12, 13 episode anime, but who knows. We are current um, with two episodes in, and I, I'm like on the fence about this one. Not in the sense that I don't want to watch it. I will definitely finish this one. I'm intrigued. But it's not what I expected when I was watching the trailers for it. Like, it's... To me, it feels like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the anime. And I really like that concept. It's cool having a, a spy anime. when we haven't had um, as many of those. Um, although Spy X Family is coming out pretty soon. But I think for me... Um, I don't know. There's something about the delivery of this anime. I don't know if it's the animation um, or if it's like the pacing, but it's not hitting as hard as I thought it was going to, again, based on what I saw in the trailer. I'm kind of like waiting for it to get good. Does that make sense? I'll tell you why. It's because the male love interest is a creep. He kind of is creepy, yes. <laughs> That's I... what took me back. <laughs> is I was expecting this kind of back and forth between the two characters because they're pretty much in the same line of work as being hitman or assassins or whatever but it's clearly a very one-sided uh relationship here but i think that's intentional right i think the idea is that you know it's uh, it's a chase because he is interested in her and i'm guessing at some point she'll come around and like fall in love with him or kind of open her her eyes to to him but what throws me off is that he comes off very strong and on top of that He's a very conflicting character because some of the things that he does or like the choices he makes doesn't necessarily resonate to like a good character for me. You know, assassinations and stuff aside because they are assassins, like all of that aside, just even his his personality and the way he approaches things makes me feel conflicted. But maybe that's the point because we don't know enough about his backstory. Like maybe we're supposed to feel conflicted about him until we learn more about him. So I don't know. Like I just, I, I maybe I over like overestimated how hard this would hit right out of the gate um i feel like it's a slower start than i expected i don't know i just feel uncomfortable every time i watch them interact <laughs> and i get maybe like eventually she will like reciprocate her feelings for him but he's just he just feels too forceful in this these first two episodes and it's clear that she's uncomfortable but i was expecting more of like she could like she'll she's able to hold her own against him but it just seems like she's just equally as uncomfortable and, and just doesn't know how to react. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can definitely see that. I, I'm i definitely going to watch it, but I'm not as excited to watch this show as I am some of the other shows on our list just because I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm eating because I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe, but, that, maybe that is why I'm kind of on the fence. Maybe I am just uncomfortable with their interactions. Um, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I will say, though, that the OP slaps. Um, I think it's called Midnight Dancer. I've been going to Spotify every day just waiting for it to be added to the playlist because I always love just OPs that have a different vibe to them that aren't always, like, going to be the, the the rock anthems or, like, the, the pop song. Here it has, like, that nice Havana like bond like espionage Latin, yeah latin 
kind of rhythm to it, and I, I dig it a lot. Yeah, it's a pretty good OP. Um, I don't remember the ED that much, so I can't comment on that. It was just a piano ballad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Standard ED yeah, kind of music. Next on the list is Sabikui Bisco. Um, this one. <laughs> I always think of Nabisco whenever I hear this <laughs> Or title. biscuits or something. Yeah. Um, this one has an, a total of 12 episodes. Uh, we are current at two episodes in, and I really like it. Um, it's, I think it's a very confusing anime right out of the gate, but not in a way that turns me off from it. I was like more intrigued because I'm like, I have no fucking idea what this exposition dump is or world building dump is, but I want to understand it because it seems really interesting um, and, and kind of unique. And I, I really, really love Bisco's character design. I think that's one of the things that drew me in initially was watching the trailer and seeing his character design. I'm like, I need to know more about this character. Yeah, I think the best way that I can describe this anime is it's it's sort of like Borderlands meets the 90s anime aesthetic. And I think we talked about like that's what's appealing about this show to us is because of its visual style. It's very different from stuff that we've seen before, except from those early 90s, 2000s anime. And I think this is the studio behind it is Oz and this might be like one of their first works. It is their first work. Yes, I'm on mm. mail under Studio Oz. This is the only thing listed. And I believe it's a new studio that was formed by some like pretty m prominent individuals in the anime industry who have done some pretty good work um, on other anime. So I think that's why this could be pretty promising is just the team behind it um, and the fact that it's their first you know, foray. Their first rodeo. Yeah, with their, their new studio. Um, so... I think it's it's decently promising. And I mean, just conceptually, this anime is wild. You have like crabs, like giant crabs that they ride <laughs> around on. And there's like whales flying in the sky. And, like hippos with our like armor, our armor and artillery on yeah, them. Yeah, and the whole world <laughs> is covered with rust. And the main character, Bisco, shoots arrows that produce these giant mushrooms on command. Like none of this is spoilers, but it also like makes no sense at all to anyone who hasn't seen the first episode or two. So you just need to watch it to understand it. This is gonna be one of those anime where I feel like it's incredibly dif difficult to describe to someone who hasn't seen it or isn't familiar with it. Yeah, it makes me wonder if like the creator of this series, like he just took edibles and just drew whatever he came took to shrooms mind. and wrote about <laughs> shrooms. <laughs> I feel like maybe you'll enjoy the show uh, if if you. If you dabble in that kind of stuff, um, but yeah, this is so abstract and so strange, but it, it's still intriguing to watch. And of course, one of my favorite seiyu is featured in this, um, the governor, uh, who's played by Kenjiro Suda. So getting to hear his soothing voice is always a treat. Yeah, I would say um, you just need to give this one a chance. Don't be discouraged by the first episode. Um, again, it is a world-building dump, but I think that's intentional to kind of give you an idea of what you're getting into without making it super clear. Like, you need to experience the story to understand what's going on is the vibe that I'm getting here. And I I applaud them for taking on such a wild concept as their first, um, their first venture with this new studio, and I'm really hoping it pans out well. I'm enjoying it, and I, I definitely plan to, to finish this one. Yeah, the first episode is kind of like erratic. Like the, the the pacing of the narrative is a bit disjointed, but it starts to make sense as the episode goes on. Um, so 
like Courtney said, don't let that discourage you and just walk into this with an open mind. Um, and yeah, hopefully you enjoy the, the ride that it is. Oh, by the way, the music <laughs> is fantastic. It's like this, this like heavy metal theme or mm-hmm. uh, soundtrack throughout and it just works so well. The intensity is constantly there in the show, but anyway, great show. Um, looking forward to seeing where it goes next. Um, let's see. Next up is Sasaki and Miyano, which I'm watching, but you're not. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've mentioned this on a couple of different episodes. I'm trying to expand my anime horizons um, so that I have more, a better understanding of the type of anime that are out there. Um, I'm trying to be more open-minded in general. So again, like I've dabbled in B-Stars. I've dabbled in sports anime with Haikyuu. And this is my first boys love anime. Yaoi. <laughs> and, you know, I'm familiar with boys love. I'm familiar with yaoi. I, I understand all of that. But I've never actually watched anything that's labeled Boys Love. And I gave this one a chance because a lot of people have been calling it the Horimiya of Boys Love. Um, It has a similar vibe to it, um, a similar look to it. And really what drew me into it is the fact that it just looks so wholesome and nice. Um, Because I I think that there's some Boys Love that can get pretty raunchy at times. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for my first Boys Love, I'd like something a little gentler, (laughs) a little more welcoming. (laughs) Please be gentle. It's my first time. (laughs) So I I gave this one a chance. Um, There's 12 episodes total. I'm current with two episodes in. And similar to Takagi-san, this is my another one of my comfort food anime for the season. It's just fluffy and great and so sweet. And I very much root for the two main characters to eventually get together and become canon. Um, I, I really enjoy it. And I think any slice of life romance uh, enjoyer would definitely love Sasaki and Miyano. I, I think they're... They're approaching things in just a very genuine way. Um, and you can feel that with the storytelling and with the characters and their interactions. Um, and yeah, I just get the the warm, fuzzy feels when I watch this. Miyano, you say. <laughs> I just think of Mamoru Miyano. Oh, that like crazy-ass d- voice yeah. actor that we I'm all love? I'm <laughs> looking at the, um, the cast list and it doesn't seem that he voices the character named Miyano. I wish he did. Dude, that'd be funny. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar, Mamoru Miyano um, is the voice of Light Yagami he's from a Death Note. Crackhead. He's so funny. <laughs> like watching interviews with him on YouTube, like the guy is just a riot. Like he's one person I would love to hang out with in real life. Next on the list is My Dress Up Darling. Holy shit, I love this show. And we're only two episodes in. There's 12 episodes total. It is so addicting. I'm not gonna lie. I, I think this is besides Attack on Titan, this is the the second anime that I most look forward to every single week. Yeah, I think this one too, like the community was just so hype about it um, when they heard that it was going to get an anime release. And yeah, I, I find it fascinating as well, even though like we're two episodes in and it gets pretty etchy with that second episode. I mean, it's literally <laughs> labeled an etchy, I think, on some platforms. Um, so we, we have a friend who, um, reads manga, um, and he messaged us when we put out a post that this was on our watch list. And he said, the manga is incredibly wholesome and the show is super good. And I was kind of like hesitant because I'm like, well, it's an edgy, like how wholesome can it be? But it, it's honestly very, very wholesome. Like it's probably the most wholesome edgy that I've ever watched. Um, like the edgy is there. 
I almost feel like more for the comedic sense of things, but mm-hmm. it doesn't distract from like how cute the two main characters are. Yeah, you never want to judge an etchy by its cover. <laughs> well, High School of the Dead was also etchy, but it was etchy, but like like how do I put it? Like the etchy was almost the focus sometimes. Here yeah. it's like the etchy um complements the story like it helps propel the story forward and i'm talking more about like episode two (laughs) and i think it's fascinating because it kind of delves into cosplay and that's something that both of us have an interest in um so i know like your your sister as well like she used to cosplay a lot and she's really into what do you call that like seam seam she's a seamstress yeah (laughs) yeah um so i kind of curious like as the the main character Wakana. So he he works on what are those dolls called? Hina dolls. Yeah, he works on putting together like the the fabric parts of those Hina dolls, and it's uh, Miran who who notices his talent and asks him to apply that to her cosplay projects. And so with some of the terminology that Wakana was using in the first episode, we were. <laughs> We were texting your sister and we're curious if like a lot of that stuff you were saying was accurate. And so I'd love to see um, if that sh- if the show kind of starts delving more into the art of what is the like, what's the word for like the art of sewing, I guess, and seeing how much of that is accurate um, and how like Wakana kind of interacts with me around because obviously he is a very meek, very shy guy and she's like a like an open book yeah they're complete opposite in terms of their personality it's like a like a boy meets girl slice of life rom-com um but it's just it's very well done this is the other cloverworks anime that's on their roster this season and they're killing it with the animation it's just if there's one thing that like drew me in immediately it was the animation and then second was the trailer because you could just immediately whoever worked on that trailer did a great job you could immediately get the vibes that the show is going for through the trailer because sometimes trailers either don't do a good job of portraying what the show is about or they like over deliver and then when you get to the show it's kind of like oh this was this wasn't what i was expecting kind of like what i experienced with love of kill the the trailer here here was like spot on and I, I just immediately was hooked. I, I could not wait to start this anime, and I have not been disappointed yet, and I cannot wait for episode three because I want to see more of these two, and I want them to be canon. Let's go. I'm ready for this. I want more wholesome ecchi, okay? For those who are deciding to watch this based on our recommendation, just be warned that episode two is pretty spicy. Yeah. Um, make sure there's no one in the room that shouldn't see you watching something <laughs> very <Yeah>. suggestive. <laughs> But hey, props to them for blending etchy and a very, very wholesome story. I think they'll be able to pull it off really well. Um, And then last on my list for uh, currently watching anime is Tokyo 24th Ward, which is the last of, I think, the last of the Cloverworks anime that's premiering right now. Um, Right off the bat, oh wait, before I say that, there's 12 episodes total. I'm current um, with three episodes watched. And right off the bat, I can tell you that this is the... um, this is the anime they're investing less time in because they're also working on My Dress Up Darling and Akebi's Sailor Uniform. Um, the animation can get rough at times. Uh, the pacing can get a little bit confusing at times. But overall, I'm enjoying the story. I just think like, you know, three episodes in, I should have a clearer picture of like what the end goal is. And I don't know what that is at this moment. Like there's this air of mystery they're trying to create 
um, with like this, uh, these like superpowers that they get when certain events happen. Um, but I'm like, okay, like, what are we working towards? This sounds so vague. Like, <laughs> what I know this it's anime is about. <laughs> it's uh, it's okay. The premise is like three guys who wanted to become heroes in the Tokyo 24th Ward. Um, My hero? <laughs> yeah, no, not not like that. They lose their friend in a fire, um, and then a year later, that friend calls them, even though she's supposedly dead. And when she calls them. Um, it triggers like superhuman abilities in them for a limited amount of time. And she explains to them that there is a disaster about to happen where people could die. Um, you have two outcomes where in either outcome, someone is going to die. You have to choose mm. which outcome you move forward with. Um, but they try to always find like the third, you know, make their own like third outcome where nobody dies. Um, and that's basically the premise that we've gotten so far. There's some other like slice of life things going on about like the community that they live in and stuff that I care less about, even though they kind of focus a little bit too heavily on it. But I would say I'm intrigued enough where I think I'll I'll finish this, uh, this anime out and see where the story goes. I just don't know clearly enough where the story is going. So if they don't give that to me in the next episode or two, then I'm going to start getting a little frustrated. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about watching this, but... I, I would say hold off. I'll let yeah. you know if it's worth it. I would say this one's kind of um, not mid, but I, I can't speak highly to, about it because I don't know if it's going to end up being good at this point. It it aspires to great heights, but it just doesn't hit it. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Like it's it's trying to set up something really epic, but it just doesn't feel epic yet. I don't know. That's the best way I can I can put that. Um, but anyway, on to oh wait, before I do that, you have one or maybe two anime that you're that's on your watch list right yeah and one of them is actually one that we started together but then you dropped it and i understand why you dropped it yeah um and that is orient and you know what like i've i know this word has been around a lot and i've used it a couple times in this podcast but i'm gonna use it again here because i think it's so appropriate this anime is just mid. No, it's bad. I'm sorry. I'm going to put it in the bad territory, at least for Maybe me. I'm just being a little too gratuitous. Or Maybe you you enjoy it more forgiving. than that. Which is totally fair. That's that's totally fine. Um, there's 12 episodes total. Uh, we're current at three episodes in, and it's after three episodes that I decided to drop it. Um, I just think it's, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's not good. It's just not good. Um, and I'm not invested at all in the story. And I can't see myself getting invested in this because it's just not good. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just too cookie cutter um, compared, like similar to other anime or like other shonen anime. Um, and it just takes the parts of those that are great and it just makes something that's not so great. Um, the premise is interesting because it, it talks about like these samurai who were seen as great protectors of this kingdom or whatever and then these demons come in and they take over and they kind of exile these samurai kind of like what happened with like the jedi and star wars so that's what caught my interest but you know listening to me describe it just <laughs> reminds me how how mid this series is <laughs> that- i just think okay like I got baited by the trailer because the trailer looked okay. I thought it was decent. It looked promising. And hey, I'm always down to give an anime a try. Um, But we watch 15 to 20 anime every season. Um, 
on top of, you know, whatever we're watching in addition to that, like right now we're still kind of making our way through Hunter Hunter. Um, and I, I just finished uh, Haikyuu, like I mentioned earlier. So there's not a lot of time to be dedicated to anime that just isn't good. I'll watch something, even if I think it's in the five or six territory, if I feel like at the end of the day, there's some value to it. Here, I just can't see the value of watching this show. Like, it's it's going to go down the drain, and it already is three episodes in, and I just, I don't want to waste my time on something like that. So I dropped it. If it suddenly gets good, I'll pick it back up again. I don't care, but not at this point. See, I, I wanted to experiment this with this one, because knowing that it's probably not going to be a, an S-tier anime, I'm going to just stick with it and see where it goes. I feel like this will just be the, the bad anime that I watch, because <laughs> a lot of the anime that we've recently been watching have been good to great to excellent and so in my head i was thinking you know what maybe there'll be an anime per season that's just bottom of the barrel and i'll just sum up the the courage to watch watch it through to the end and if it's terrible then it's terrible and i think that's what's going to happen here with orient so yeah it's this doesn't stick out like compared to other anime. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that approach because I think it's important, at least in what we do, where we're reviewing anime pretty frequently to have a good sense of what a bad anime actually is. I feel like I've met that quota um, through my years of watching anime. Like I've seen my fair share of bad anime. Um, and again, like I would I would even watch something that delves into like the, the fork territory if it's that bad on mail if there's some enjoyment that i can get out of it like sometimes there's a level of enjoyment that is associated with watching a really bad anime Mm -hmm. you just have to like laugh at it and just you know roll your eyes at how ridiculous it is but you know continue through the story here it's like i don't think i could get that that feeling from orient so i would just purely be frustrated and annoyed and um i don't know i just i wouldn't enjoy it in any sense I think I just derive the humor from how mid it is or just how plain the story is to me compared to things like Attack on Titan or Demon Slayer or even My Hero. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll drudge onward and report back when this series is done. And the only other thing that I'm watch or I started watching that I don't believe you've started is Police in a Pod. Um, I think I am currently two episodes in out of three that have released, and I believe it's 13 episodes. Hold on, I'm checking it on mail right now. Yes, a total of 13 episodes. And this one, it it kind of reminds me of Uramichi Onisan. Really? Um, but it's not like that level of humor, but just the way that it focuses on two police officers, one who's like a rookie cop and she's paired up with this sort of veteran cop who was like demoted from, I think like like the detective unit and seeing kind of their interaction, like the, the rookie cop is more of like, she's unsure of her abilities as a police officer and isn't sure if she's like suited for the role. And you have the, the more experienced cop, um, uh, who's like a police sergeant and she's more of like a misanthrope and just very cynical um, so kind of seeing their interactions but I think what brings them together is just how like they remind them themselves of why they uphold the law um, with the veteran cop her name's Fuji showing Kawhi who's the the younger cop the ropes um, I guess it's kind of like a little bit like Brooklyn Nine-Nine if you can 
think of that analogy where it's like not like police procedural, but it kind of just highlights some of the things that some of the cases that the police work on and try to put them in a sort of slice of life light. So is there an overall goal present or do you think it's going to be very like adventure of the week comedy? Um, it, it seems like right now it'll be adventure of the week. I don't know if the younger cop is like going to wrestle continuously with whether or not this job is for her. Um, but yeah, I think this one, this will kind of serve as my comfort food anime um, every week. So I'm not expecting big things out of it. Probably just a couple laughs. And there are pretty good moments in here. Like, I don't think this will spoil anything, but the second episode they pull over or like they talk to some or two uh, male businessmen in the park who are smoking in a prohibited area and they find the two female police officers attractive so they ask for their numbers and the sergeant um, Fuji gives them a slip that says 110 which I think is the Japanese equivalent for a 911 and so that got a that got a good laugh out of me um, but yeah I don't think this will go anywhere or have like a, a very significant overarching plot but I'll just watch it for that humor aspect. And also, I guess it, it despite the humor, like obviously it, it deals with certain cases and investigations. So there is a serious aspect to it, and that's where it can kind of be um, more dramatic. But like it's a it's a good set. Like it gives you the, the drama, but it doesn't shove it too much in your face. And it, it kind of balances between the drama and comedy. So the last section of our list is upcoming anime, um, which is either stuff, stuff, um, anime that has not yet premiered this season or like maybe is premiering, but we're playing a bit of catch up. Um, I'll start off with Fruits Basket Prelude, which is the Fruits Basket movie that was announced. Um, I believe at least part of it is kind of like a prequel where it follows Toru's mom and dad and how they met. Um, hype as fuck for it because I, I really enjoyed Fruits Basket, um, especially the final season. I can't wait for this movie to come out. I think it's releasing February 18th, 2022. It says on mail. I don't know if that's strictly a... Hey, strictly. <laughs> mm. I don't know if that's just a Japan release date or if there will be some sort of simultaneous release in the U.S. Either way, I cannot wait for it. Um, the other movie is The Orbital Children, which I believe... I always hate to say this, but like, is a Netflix anime, although I don't think it's like legitimately a Netflix anime. Or it's like licensed. Yeah, I think it's licensed by Netflix. Um, there, maybe it's, is it a, wait, is it a movie or is it something else? Uh, oh, it's, it might be like a two part series. Mal has yeah. two episodes listed, um, and it says it's airing January 28th to February 11th, 2022. So pretty soon here, that'll be premiering. Um, it just looks, interesting um looks very stylized um and uh abstract so i thought hey two episodes i'll give it a watch why not i'm looking at the wikipedia the way it's structured is is strange it says the film will be released in two parts for two weeks each part one scheduled for january 28 part two for february 11 netflix announced that it acquired the global distribution rights and will release the project as a two season six episode series with season one set to debut on january 28th to co coincide with part one's debut. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what <the laughs> so it fuck? seems like <laughs> Japan's releasing it 
one way Netflix is releasing it another of way. Of course, because that's Netflix for you. Um, well, I don't know how many. It says two total on Mal. I, I have no fucking idea. Either way, I'll watch it. Um, it seems interesting. I don't know how promising it is, but it's enough to make me want to give it a try. I think the only other one that caught my eye for winter 2022 uh, is Shenmue the Animation, um, which I believe is a, another Adult Swim and Crunchyroll collaboration, much like Fena from Fall. Um, I'll be honest. I, Wait, I think Fena was summer. Sorry, I know it's like a super minor detail. Oh, yeah. It was a late summer. Premiere. Yeah, late summer. Um, and I'll be honest, like I know Shenmue is like a video game series. I never played the video games. I have no clue what the premise is. It seems like it's a revenge story. I also learned that the main character's name is not Shenmue. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was reading a, a, a summary of the series. Um, his name's actually Ryo. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it seems like it's a story of vengeance. Um, and I think it's done by the same studio that actually did Nagatoro. And they did Tower of God. Oh. Um, so it's telecom animation film. Uh, but, you know, with it being an Adult Swim and Crunchyroll collab, I was really pleased with how Fena um, played out. And so I will definitely give this one a watch um, just based on my impressions of how this collaboration has been going. Um, it has, <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't know how much traction it'll have at least out of the gate, because it only has 723 people on mail that have it on their <laughs> list. That's really small, like very, very tiny. Although, to be fair, like the announcement came out not too long ago. Um, and sometimes, I, I don't know, if it's not an anime original, technically, but sometimes anime like that don't get a lot of traction until enough noise is made about it as it's premiering. I think also because like the video game series... It, it has a cult following because it's not like a I don't want to hurt any Shenmue fans feelings out there but it's not like a stellar video game series I've seen plenty of like YouTube meme videos of the game um, and I guess it's pretty pretty criticized for like the the dub um, just for like the way the dialogue is delivered um, so I can understand why not many people are like anticipating this series, but I just thought it was interesting. And I've, I've heard of Shenmue before, and I don't know if this will convince me to dive into the games, but uh, like I said, I'll, I'll give this one a watch. Well, there you have it. That is our list for winter 2022 anime. As always, if you have any recommendations for us, anything that you think um, is hitting real hard and we're missing out on or that we should add to our list, please reach out to us. Um, either email us uh, through our website or reach out to us on Twitter or on Instagram. We love taking recommendations because we never want to miss out on an anime just because we didn't think to watch it initially. And again, if you'd like to hear our final thoughts on the winter 2022 season after it's all finished, that is on our Patreon page for our patrons. So feel free to head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series. Yeah, winter 2022. Let's go. Let's go. It's a great start to the year. We've got some major anime happening right now. And uh, yeah, look forward to those review episodes here on Strictly Anime. It'll definitely keep us 
nice and warm during this bitterly cold season. <laughs> oh, January. But yes, thank you for joining us on this episode of Strictly Anime. Thank you to everyone who has been leaving us ratings on Spotify. We seriously appreciate you both here um, at Strictly Anime and over at Strictly JoJo. It helps us out a ton. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And thank you to Taylor Tillman from Nido Cafe for joining us to talk all about manga cafes and about her exciting adventure with Nido Cafe. And that wraps up episode 71 of Strictly Anime. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series and subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every Monday. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series and connect with us there or on our website, thestrictlyseries.com to share your thoughts on the anime we review and your thoughts on winter 2022 anime. You'll also find more info on Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. Now let's move on to currently watching. Um, let's just get it off. <laughs> what? Let's just get it off. God damn it. Let's just whack it off. <laughs> Beat the meat.